0: Are you ready?
1: A shot of wrestling. Episode 314. And away we go. So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah, I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my call. I'm a mole brings a spirit man, nature boy, but to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear your mate. No take a shot. Well, is that the message you got? We are about to go live but you're ready to rock, so take a shot. Hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host at Michael J. Putty joined this week. Green Man is back. What's up, Oos? What's up, Oos? How you been? Long time no see. Feeling really
0: good, man. Um, a little bit under, I feel like it's under the weather, but it's not really under the weather. Uh, the allergies are starting to pick up again with the seasons changing yep. over here. I feel like it was winter in the middle of the week, and today yes. it was a nice uh, spring day. It's the you false know, false winter. What, yes, yes. Um, so I don't know what what, what we got in, coming in with the weather in this upcoming season, but we'll have to wait
1: and see. We're going to show Friday, but over the weekend, it's going to be like in the 70s. It's going to be like beautiful next week, too. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I think on? we should go to the beach. Let's go to the beach, get a nice
0: tan. Mm. Remember to put the lotion on the feet.
1: Yeah, never so forgot since. Burned. Never forgot that. <laughs> Both times I've gone to the beach since. But anyway. Green Man, uh, last week me and Marcus talked about our exter- excursion to the Meadowlands or the Dolphins game. You came there, your first football game. You joined Dolphins Army that day. Quickly, uh, how was your first time going?
0: Uh, you know, the Dolphins fans are, are really nice people.
1: Very nice. Very lovely uh, I people. I can't,
0: say, what a contradiction, can't right? say anything bad about them,
1: um, especially
0: since they lost. I, I felt like they were as chipper going into the stadium – even though they lost, they were still in good spirits. I think if, if the Jets would have lost, there would be riots in New Jersey. Oh, there were. They, I feel year, like yeah. Jet fans can't take a loss.
1: No, they can't. You think they'd be used to it by now? Yeah. No, they can't.
0: I think uh, uh, Mark is still um, shitting on the Jets from last season,
1: and it's yeah. already a new year. Yeah, they don't care. No. But now, are you? was this a one and done, or are you officially joining the Dolphin Army? <laughs> are, you, are you joining the fraternity of uh, Dolphins fans?
0: It's that, that, very nice that you are welcoming me with open arms. That's what we I are. I really appreciate that. When you're here, you're family. Uh, I am a Giants fan, though. I'm not a Jets fan. I'm, I was there in support of you. Sure. Uh, and you were a Dolphins fan, so this was my first football game. And since the Giants weren't
1: playing, uh,
0: who else should I support?
1: Again, you look good in those colors, though. <laughs> I think you're like you were born to really wear-
0: nice colors, yeah
1: you were born to wear those colors, man, look really good
0: you know you know I was uh going through social media and Don Moff was actually in the stadium. he's a big jets fan oh, He was he? there for that game okay uh so <laughs> i uh congratulations uh to the jets on winning a uh not hundred percent dolphins team
1: that's right you That's know right. B- uh kind of like how
0: triple h uh joked around when uh he did an interview recently and he said you know good for AEW for you know <laughs> beating the wars against our developmental team That's damn right uh congrats to the jets yeah. uh on winning against a uh, developmental
1: our practice uh, squad yeah basically yes. Yeah. <laughs> Con- congrats trophy yeah but well, we got a good time can we go back next year you come back next year It was fun. It was fun. I don't know if I will. I got to be honest with you. It was a great
0: time. Uh, It gets pricey going to Uh, the football games. And the four-hour ride home from New Jersey reminds me I do not want to go to New Jersey anymore. Four hours? That's insane. Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. Uh, I even drove by the Mecca of independent wrestling on the way home because I was trying to dodge some traffic and kind of go through side streets. So, yeah, I did uh, go through Ridgefield Park, New Jersey, Uh
1: at the mecca of indie wrestling over there. Speaking of indie wrestling, last weekend you invited me to go to an indie show out in Long Island, a fundraiser for the Nassau County Paramedics. Unfortunately, I was not able to go for certain reasons, but then uh, a ticket opened up. One of your friends couldn't make it, so, like, I was fortunate enough to go. We saw uh, the Heart Attack Tour 2022 kicks off in Hicksville, the W Boys. Stepping in the ring together for the first time. Reuniting after
0: five years—it's the first time they got together.
1: Insane. Uh, What do you think about Joe? You brought your son for the first time. He seemed to love it.
0: Oh my gosh! If you know us as as wrestling fans, I think uh, we're a different breed at this point. We're uh, either approaching our forties. The time period that we are most fond of is the Attitude Era. You know. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, And now this. Day and age going to a show, it's not nothing like the Attitude Era. But if you ever want to uh, feel the passion you felt when you were in the Attitude Era, go with some little kids yeah. to a show. Like it could be an independent show, a WWE show, AEW show. The way these guys, these little kids see wrestlers as, as big over the top superstars, the way that they awe. At the sight of a ring, for the first time, just going into a okay. cold auditorium, you know, and just seeing the the size of a ring, it, it's truly a- amazing to see how my boy and um, our good friend Jonathan's boys, uh, their eyes just lit up. And as soon as people started coming through the curtain, they're chanting yep. and hazing them and booing at the bad guys, string for the good guys. It really just reminded me like that innocence that we had back in the day before we got to be these jaded, (laughs) fickled
1: wrestling fans. And he's mentioned it, but it seemed it was much so much better for a kid's first time to be an indie show because they got right there on the ramp, the interactions with Dominic De Niro think Tina San Antonio told your son to shut off or something like that it was oh my gosh
0: yeah I got a I got a gripe to pick with you Tina next time I see you
1: she blew me a kiss so i got uh, I got, a, I, got a, I got a defender here
0: no 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 my my boy was was booing her she was doing some some devilish villain like things mm-hmm. to tiara and 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 my son was booing her and, and he i I didn't even tell him to say this this is not even in his vocabulary oh but uh, the urge of this villain yelling back at him he stood up for himself nice. looked her straight in the eye and said you suck wow i think she was taken back a little bit by it
1: and uh you know
0: but that gave her a little extra heat
1: <laughs> that was amazing so definitely yeah, in these shows was, are where to a... go when you get little kids up and close like that is awesome yeah it was a good time it's
0: it's been a while since we've all gotten together uh, we saw the Battle Club Pro family there as well, yep. Jokey Morales, uh, Big Cuzzo uh, yeah, were man. there uh, supporting their boy Steve Pena, who, who had a great match with, with Davey Boy Smith Jr. That's right. He was teaching the uh, Long Island fans how to respect the towel, That's right. which is something they did not do very well.
1: No, they got a, they failed that class, I'm like yes. us who aced it years ago. We know how to respect the towel, my friend.
0: We do. We do. But uh, again, very very good uh, villain like things, throwing his towel to the crowd. Mm-hmm. The crowd taking the towel and throwing it right back at him. It went on for back and forth throughout yeah. the match. It was great. Uh, the towel got over that night.
1: Davy Boy Smith Jr. threw the towel at a young kid. you think mm-hmm. he would keep that towel because Davy Boy Smith, the good guy, gave it to you. But no, even that kid threw it back. Well, well it was Steve Pena's towel. Yeah, but Davy Boy Smith touched it and gave it to you.
0: Yeah. Uh. It's, it's still Pena's towel, so mm. uh, I would have thrown him
1: back. Okay. And our friend Jonathan kept, like, his his sons and your son kept asking, oh, is this a good guy or a bad guy? And for some reason, John, oh, ask Big Mike. So what do I do? I cheer bad guys. So I said, oh, cheer him. This is good. He's a good guy. She's a good guy. And then, of course, all the bad guys came out first. Very true. But those three little boys did not listen to me at all. They picked it up <laughs> right away. And we're booing the bad guys and cheering the good guys. They got it right away. It was great. good for them. They're Absolutely. Here. Quick learners. I,
0: I was a little conflicted. Uh, uh, Dom came out first for the yeah. uh, first match of the night. And when he comes out, I'm like, oh, shit, it's Dominic De Niro. This is so cool. It's one of our guys. You know? That's right. And I'm ready to cheer him. And then I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, wait. He looks like he's a heel. <laughs> All right, boys, let's boo him. Boo. Uh, so I was a little conflicted at first, but I, but I caught on pretty quick.
1: I wasn't. I, I, I cheer do. my friends. I support my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Which, the, but they would not want you to cheer them. They want you to boo
0: them. They're heels. Do they though? Oh. Do they? Do they? they do? Do they do?
1: So also, halfway... I would think.
0: I would think as a heel going into a show and getting cheered, you you would feel like you're doing something wrong.
1: Maybe. Yeah, maybe something. But that's
0: about. why I was like, I didn't want them to feel like they were doing anything wrong. They were doing everything right. Yeah. some of them better than others. Yeah, and, are... and then genuinely, I wanted to boom them.
1: It was a great show, start to finish. Halfway through the show, I realized because uh, your friend couldn't make it, so you got me. I gave his ticket. Then I realized halfway through the show, the friend who couldn't make it was sitting next to me. I'm like, whose ticket did I take? <laughs> he said, oh, "I was able to make it, so you bought me a ticket. So I appreciate it. Thank you very much for including me on your excursion. Anytime, it brother. Meant, it meant a lot to me. Thank you very much. want to tell you. Good public. times. Good times." Good times. Also, good times is randomly I send it to you Thursday. I'm going through Instagram, and a reel pops up of that night. Yes, yep. It yep. wasn't a it wasn't a podcast. It wasn't a wrestler. I don't know who this person was, but it came up. I sent the video to you. I was looking for our, the kids, but no, nope, the kids weren't there. Your friend was right next to the Bully Ray. Yes, and I'm like, okay, Freddie Combs.
0: He's a big, huge uh, Dudley Boy fan. Uh, he like followed them from their early times back when the Dudleys were conceived an ecw mm. okay. um he was following them in the elks lodge he was—he, i mean he went back he goes so way back like bubba had a stutter back in the day and part of his character and, and like like he was just like that he went back that far nice. um so he was pretty excited um it's one of the reasons we really he really wanted us to go and originally i wasn't going to be able to make it but then uh sooner or later like God just worked nice his wrestling magic and made it happen. And it, it was a great night. One that I will never forget.
1: It reminded me we went to a HOG show here and our friend Jeff, uh, Jeff uh, Rich needed to go to get his title signed by Jeff Hardy. Right. Same thing with uh, the Dudley boys with Freddie. And I'm like, it's weird to see it. It's not, not weird. It's fun to see it from their eyes again. Like, oh, yeah. Meeting my hero. my the guy I idolized. Good times, man. Good times. And the best part about me for that video was my father. And my uncle and I think my brother are getting that little Friars patch of baldness in the back. And at one point in the video, my back of my head is dead center. No bald spot. I'm good to go so far. In the cusp <laughs> of 40s. No bald spot yet. Knocked on all the wood you can. Yes. But check out the Heart Attack Tour 2022. It's, it's touring around. It's here in the Tri-State area, but it's coming to a city near you pretty soon. Check it out.
0: Yeah. Big time wrestling. I believe this weekend they're in Brooklyn. Uh, a lot of our guys are going there. Uh, there's a lot of great shows going on this
1: weekend. BCW has a
0: great show coming up as well. Their Grand Dragon
1: Tournament is set to take place. Damn right. Can't wait for that. We'll get into that later. You coming? You bringing the little guy again? Round two?
0: Unfortunately, I, I have uh, family obligations mm-hmm. on, on Sunday, so I won't be able to make it.
1: That sucks, Oose. You're going to miss a great time. BCW's Grand Dragon Tournament, October 30th. All Hallows Eve Eve. Can't wait. Tickets are still available. Anyway, let's see what's trending this week. Drain loves the acclaimed at Drain Bomger. There were, in fact, talks of Billy Gunn appearing for the DX reunion on Raw. W didn't offer any money, and Tony Khan didn't ask for any money. Tony Khan just wanted WWE to mention AEW on the air. WWE kept going back and forth on yes or no, and last minute decided not to do it. Green Man. Why was mentioning AEW on WWE, mainly Raw, a deal breaker?
0: That is a very, very good question. And the only thing I could imagine is WWE is still very old school in some sense of the, the term. You know, it's one of the things you don't do. You don't mention another company. Uh, you know, the, the AEW is definitely doing a lot of unorthodox things that the wrestling business has not seen so definitely they're in the forefront a lot of their wrestlers are still working their independent contracts um picking up extra dates their world champion was recently at at gcw he was their gcw champion so um you know they have had forbidden door but the fact that they didn't want to just mention their name definitely kind of just for me rubs me a little bit of the wrong way i think this is uh hunter's opportunity to kind of really open the door more mm-hmm. for that cross-promotional, um, uh, I don't know, it's sour grapes maybe? You know, maybe there's still a little butthurt that AEW beat the developmental team.
1: What do you think? I can see both sides here. I mean, Tony Khan is... The AEW is not in the level of WWE just yet. As Mark Schwann always says, it's still a uh, grassroots company, or the term he uses. Upstart. Upstart, thank you. So I can see why Tony Khan would want the exposure on the premier flagship show, an AEW reference, but I don't think they need it, but I get it. it was a nice power play on Tony Khan's point, like, all right, I don't want money. Just give me some free publicity on your show. And let the ball on uh, Triple H's court, to see how badly he wanted it. I just, you know, and Triple H didn't want to balk. Triple H didn't want to give him the free publicity. Triple H still living in this whole universe, even though the door's open. To me, as fans, I think, you could have done it. You had nothing to lose. Everybody knows AEW exists. Even if they don't know, mentioning A.W. would be like, what's that? I don't know what that is. Okay. I feel like nobody had anything to lose here, and I feel like they should have missed out on a great opportunity.
0: But I also think the way that the show played out, uh, the fact that it wasn't – it was a DX reunion. It was a celebration, but it wasn't, like, the full focus mm-hmm. um, throughout the show. Also, maybe for Triple H to say, I don't mind doing it, but what are we really gaining like yeah. Billy Gunn is gonna be there, he's gonna be backstage for for a segment, and then he's gonna come out at the end. And True. then is that really worth it's nothing it's it's not a free publicity because for them to say AEW and recognize the company on their network, on their platform, definitely that's gonna get more eyes also on AEW. So that is not in a way free. Like how much is that publicity really worth to Tony Khan? Mm-hmm. Um maybe maybe it was not worth a Billy Gunn.
1: True yeah that's the other thing like I don't think it was like you just mentioned it and you recapped it nicely it was like Billy Gunn could have been on TV what for five minutes. I mean we had the nice bro dog let the crowd say his name during his introduction. That was nice a little bit yeah I don't think it was worth it either I don't think we missed out too much. It would have been cool but then I think the crowd would have hijacked that show with a Scissor Me Daddy chance. Yeah. I don't think the focus yeah, would, have, I think, would have went looking on looking at, at
0: what could have happened um, because of his appearance and now that you mentioned that i definitely think the crowd definitely would have gotten into a scissor me daddy chant definitely. the crowd would have definitely probably chanted aw so there's here. definitely a lot of obstacles and a lot of risk if you really started thinking about it a little further that maybe they just did not want so i kind of want to retract my statement from the beginning and saying that maybe it was just like the old guard, not wanting to do business like that right now because it's something they never did. I think the new guard probably observed all the risks that they were going to take, and the payoff just wasn't worth
1: it. I think I know the answer to this, but I'll get your opinion. So why couldn't they just mention AEW? Why couldn't they just throw out three random letters together? But yet they're able to bring Mickey James Biller as Impact Knockout Champion. Bring have their, her bring the freaking belt to the Royal Rumble. Is it because Impact's not on the same level as AEW, or do they not take Impact seriously, or is it because they have an open relationship with Impact? I think it's because they have an open relationship with Impact.
0: I think they were also trying to do good by Mickey after her exit from the company. Yeah. So this was their way to kind of, you know, just clear the air and just be in good terms with someone who has been such an important part of, like, the women's revolution and the women's wrestling, so... You didn't want to burn that bridge. This was their way of extending that orange branch and mending that relationship. They don't have a relationship with AEW. And I think they are still at, I wouldn't say war, but AEW is still a competitor of theirs, a big competitor. And you know, the plays that they're playing, whether small or big, have a big impact and in the future may play a bigger role. Um, So they got to be very careful
1: true i mentioned it last week how WWE commentary is also announcing mentioning indie promotions other companies they mentioned um carl anderson who's a current champion in japan right w whatever it was WPG. so they're not afraid to mention Mm -hmm. other companies It's, it's not i guess the number one competitor they're not not yet but door ain't open for you just yet we'll see what happens in the future yeah very true it's not open yet it's not open yet moving on BR Wrestling at BR Wrestling, Chris Jericho has agreed to a three-year contract extension with AEW and will serve as a producer and creative advisor. Congratulations to him. Now, is this the right move to change the culture of that what seems to be a toxic AEW locker room?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Chris Jericho, from my understanding and interviews that other uh, wrestlers have done and the influence that Chris Jericho has as a veteran in that locker room, I, I I would think that Jericho going in there maybe wanted just to be that wrestler and not feel like he needed the title to do what he wanted to do, to be a veteran and guide the new new blood into the, the wrestling scene and, and be that locker room general, that locker room leader in the back without the title. But obviously, with everything that's been going on, it is nice to see that, hey, there is going to be a lot more... Uh, clear direction coming from said title with said person uh so kudos to chris i think he's gonna do great in that role he's been doing great for everything that he's done with aew and you know looking at the deeper he's getting into that company Mm -hmm. could you see chris jericho finishing his career
1: with aew son of a bitch (sighs) (laughs) that was my next question to you because apparently the rumor was he was going to wrap up with AEW, come back to the E for one last run, culminating yep. in the Hall of Fame induction. That's been pushed back three years. From everything I've read in Chris Jericho the last couple of days, it seems like he's content with ending his career in AEW. It's his baby. He built it from the ground up. He was the cornerstone, the crown jewel of that company, if you will. The biggest name at the time. So, yeah, I would not be too surprised if Chris Jericho does end his career there. Maybe takes a backstage role. And helps that company grow even more and more I don't
0: think uh a w was his baby um if anything it was his his stepchild that he uh true adopted. That's, that's, that's a better way of putting you it you know Correct. after yeah. dating after dating yeah. his parents, he realized hey this this parent has kids, and i' I'm liking the kids, you know I've had an influence in their future, and now it's where he's like, all right, let's make this official, you know your
1: kids are my kids. It's a great way of putting it. But do you think he will come back to WWE eventually made for Hall of Fame induction? Not, not saying sign I, with the company, but he'll definitely come into Hall of Fame for an appearance.
0: Absolutely. I, but um, the deeper he's getting into the company, the the less I'm seeing him return for that final run that you were mentioning. But I, I do see him being a bigger part of AEW, ending his wrestling career with AEW. And once he has retired from professional wrestling as a competitor maybe taking that hall of fame induction returning to the e to do quick promos and build up to him being
1: inducted in the hall of fame i read an interview i think it was bro dog who said that he doesn't think triple a to allow himself to get inducted into the wb hall of fame as an individual much mm-hmm. like we heard about 50 men in the wb hall of fame correct What chris eric was now grass, his roots growing deeper in the backstage with AEW, I wonder if he'll allow himself to get inducted into the AEW Hall of Fame. Uh, he could probably start the AEW Hall of Fame with that first name. That's the first, that's the first name I would think of. And also, I heard uh, you know, him and Vince are really tight. I don't know a relationship he has with Triple H, so now Vince is gone. I think him going to E's now, odds have diminished, and you are right. I think you'll see his, his career end in dubs. But moving on real quick, sports wrestling at SK wrestling underscore Bianca Belair has crossed 200 plus days as raw women's champion. She also becomes the longest reigning African-American world champion, male or female in WWE history. Now her career isn't that lengthy yet, but she's breaking records, making history. Could Bianca Belair go down as one of the greatest of all time? She's
0: definitely making her way there. Absolutely. with the amount with what she's done in the short amount of time, she is easily uh in competition to being one of the goats in women's wrestling uh, and as time goes on, being a goat in just all of wrestling, like not just the women's division but I think she's definitely connecting with an audience that goes beyond just women's wrestling, the WWE. Uh, I definitely see her being out there a little bit more, like commercials mm-hmm. and, and and you know, being an ambassador for the for the WWE. So I, I definitely could see that.
1: So when she takes her place in the Hall of Fame years from now, decades from now even, her name would be on the same level as Trish Stratus, Charlotte Flair, Lita. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Right now, I would say... She's at the cusp of being
1: on that level, without a doubt. It's hard to argue that, man. We've seen people come, have a great career, and then fizzle out. But her, she's been able to sustain this, even from NXT days. She has never lost momentum. The crowd has never wavered on her. Never been like, eh. Never gotten tired of her. It's amazing to see. Congratulations to her. Huge milestone. I think the longest reigning African-American champion was MVP to date. But that was a uh, U.S. card, uh, U.S. title. So it's a mid-card title. But she's surpassing him, even. It's just like, first woman, the main event, WrestleMania, her, her resume speaks for herself. And she's been on the main roster, what, two, three years? It's amazing. Props to her. Yeah, Congratulations to her. It's
0: also very crazy in, a, in this world of professional wrestling when even, like, couples, you have superstar couples, yeah. right? You know, to now see the female be so much more successful than the True. male. So, like, the tables have turned. You know, you have Bianca... You know, like you said, main eventing WrestleMania, where Montez Ford hasn't even gotten to that level.
1: Not even close. You
0: know, and, but he, and he's a great superstar. And I think he's going to take off. I think the the Street Profits as a team still have a lot more to do. But down the line, when each one of them go to their single pass, I think Montez Ford is going to be a force in, in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. And you also have Becky Lynch. And Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins has had an amazing career. He's been multi-time champion. And yet, Becky Lynch, I would say, has done more, have more WrestleMania moments, have been at the top of her division a lot more than Seth Rollins.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, women are taking the lead here, my friend. Great to see women's wrestling, the women's evolution evolving to this point. now we have Bianca Belair taking, the, taking that torch and running with it. Which leads us to wonder, I think it was Ric Flair Say Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair could be uh, WrestleMania worthy. I mean, hands down. That's, that's, oh, yeah. I mean, that's it's that's obviously WrestleMania. You no, know where else can you put the two biggest names in women's wrestling right now than WrestleMania? If not may have evented. I would love
0: to see a match with uh, just because we were talking about the couples and it just came to my mind. How about Montez Ford uh, WrestleMania Championship match against MJF?
1: Oh wow. So, you're going way in the future.
0: Uh, I'm like jumping. I'm
1: I'm going way in the future. (laughs) But I would love to see that. It's a money match. Anyway, uh, enough about the news. Let's get into our favorite subject, Green Man television. It's time for this week's TV takedown. Mark Green, let's get into some TV. Let's start off with Raw. As we saw, surprisingly, randomly, Ali inserted himself into the United States title picture. I-Beast at I-Beastless says, Mustafa Ali versus Seth Rollins in Saudi is going to be a nasty banger. Hard to argue that. But can Ali (laughs) actually overcome his past and become a future United States champion in WWE?
0: I think the WWE is doing a great job at putting Ali in the title picture. Uh, there's not much that Ali was doing before. Uh, this is a great way for him to build back his name. Uh, he's great in the ring. He's great on the mic. He has great ideas. Uh, he just hasn't really taken off. You know, I think with that whole faction that really didn't go anywhere, it kind of yeah, just brought him back down. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think it was—it's a great way for them to introduce someone to be a, I would say, a legitimate threat to Seth Rollins. Like, you could just start thinking, like, hey, maybe because Ali's descent, maybe this could be a way for Ali to be, to send the crowd home happy in Saudi Arabia, give
1: him the championship. I don't know who backstage, but somebody loves this guy. He came out, Ali, originally he had, you know, mediocre, not much of a career. Then we started getting these vignettes of him being a former Chicago cop him trying to be like a hero and like save people that led to a somewhat of a push that didn't go anywhere. Then we have him lead retribution that as we know what happened with that. And then he disappeared. He asked for his release. Even he was not granted his release. Then he was inserted into another program briefly uh, with Mansoor. then disappeared. Now he kind of reemerged again out of nowhere recently to insert himself in the United States title picture. So somebody is behind him here. Somebody has Ali's back backstage and, It seems like this might work. I don't see Seth Rollins dropping the title this soon after winning it. I think Seth Rollins needs it right now. But what better way to get some sort of TV time, some ring time, some main event type exposure than against Seth Rollins? And anytime he's
0: given an opportunity, he does well with it. He doesn't blow it out of the park. And I think that's why someone backstage has an appreciation over him. His in-ring work is really strong. is really great. Um, his mic skills are very good. Everything he's doing is very good. You're you're a baseball fan. You'll understand. He's getting on base. He's not hitting the home run, but he it, because of that he's able to be a a, a valuable threat to someone like a Seth Rollins who doesn't have any big threats right now mm, true. Um, now that he has become champion because they've already eliminated the Bobby Lashley threat and saying that oh I want my
1: rematch because he's busy with Brock Lesnar true
0: so it's like well who now who, who? comes who? up next to Seth Rollins
1: it's a great point I'm think about that who, who? who's next and I can't think of one person right now yeah it's a great point my friend that's why you're here that's like you know
0: if if Mark were here, I think I think uh, he'd probably just be saying Ali is just great, you know. Like I love Ali, and it's you know whatever. Sh- it's sh- day, few... <laughs> that's exactly you know. You guys would probably be arguing by now. But see, this is a very good synergy here, Us. Great, a lot of love over here. You know, I, I wish people could see this. Just on radio. But, uh, just for your ears, but this, this guy is a very handsome looking individual. How oh, you embarrass me. It's It's just making it easy to, to talk to you. You make it easy, brother.
1: You have no dimples though. You know what I'm saying? It sucks me right in. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to NXT. Goat God at GoatGod underscore 1000. Mr. Money in the Bank. Austin Theory is on NXT. Holy shit. Could Austin Theory be cashing in his Money in the Bank to win the NXT title? Good question, Goat God. Green Man is Austin Theory better off cashing in his briefcase for the NXT Championship? Absolutely, yes. Logan Paul right now is the Bloodline's
0: main concern. They're their own storyline. You know, anybody who gets added to that is getting added to the Bloodline storyline. You know, Uh, so this is going to be a way for Austin Theory to create his own story with the Money in the Bank briefcase. So. I think right now in the moment, it's great. Uh, who knows if, if he holds on to it a little bit longer? Maybe you could move him back into the title picture. But I think he is a bigger threat to Braun Breaker than he is to the bloodline and Roman Reigns.
1: Talk about last week. He's, getting, he's losing, he's losing, he's losing. That's what bad guys do. I think going into WrestleMania season, they got to they rebuild them up. But maybe they're going to start earlier, rebuilding them up down in NXT. So he comes back to the main roster. He is a legit credible threat to maybe catching in, but who knows? We'll see.
0: The strategy that the WWE is doing right now with NXT and mixing their uh, top tier talent uh, from Raw, from SmackDown, in backers. And I liked some of the grittiness from the early days of NXT when they were starting to take off, when Rhino came back and yeah. he wanted to reinvigorate his career, when. um when Drew McIntyre came back and he came through NXT. And and the storyline was, you know, this is a place where if you haven't been in that main stage for a while, to rename yourself, rebrand yourself, build yourself up to come back to the main roster. So it's nice to see now that we're down the line and we see now the talent who's made it up to the main roster going back to NXT to shake things up a bit and to, you know, that's, that's one of the things about a developmental system. You want to mix in the bigger talent, the veterans to show them, to help them step up. Uh, it's something that I think that uh, AW evolution could benefit from, you know, mm. like you always see the, these are AW dark. Um, you always see the squash matches, you know, where you see the, they're, AW Di- Dynamite stars face indie talent, mm-hmm. and then obviously they're going to lose. Um, but it's just happening too consistently, and I want a little bit more interest in that show. And I think something similar to what WWE is
1: doing would be great. We could call NXT developmental. Someone else compared it to like the minor leagues. You're on the major league level, then you get knocked down to the AAA, Double A, AA, Single A. If you're not performing too well on the main roster, on the main level, major leagues. They're going to mean, knock you down to A to try to get back on track. I kind of feel like that's what NXT is doing. Apollo Crews is doing nothing. They bring him back to NXT. He's doing pretty well. Austin Theory is not being taken seriously. Losing, 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 jobbing out. Let's bring him back to NXT. Let's re- kind of rehash everything. and mentioned it last week. Get rid of the Vince Man protege gimmick. Mm-hmm. Reinvent himself down in NXT and come back to the main roster. With the briefcase or not, let's, we'll see what happens in the future, but but definitely, I'm loving how they're doing that, uh, using NXT to its fullest potential now by incorporating main roster talent. And
0: I also, but I also think the story of the briefcase is important. True. You know, so people win this briefcase and they have an open contract to go up against any champion, True. and they never really capitalized on that storyline. You know, even when um, what's his name won the briefcase, uh, the the big guy, he was on that oh, tag Otis. team. Otis when he won that briefcase I'm like oh this is going to be really interesting because you never would think that someone would be in a tag team who won the the briefcase and now maybe they could go against the tag team champions for their opportunity and cash in on that like that's something new that's something different yeah. and I think the briefcase in that storyline that's something that they haven't explored before so um, I would love to see that happen I would love to see that briefcase. The story of it developed more than just whoever's holding it, blindsides and finds the champion at his weakest state to cash in and wins the title or sometimes in some cases loses.
1: Yeah, I think we had this conversation during one of the earlier days of the show all those years ago about how we would love to see them cash in on not the world title but like a maybe like a tag team title or a mid-card title. I haven't seen that yet, so maybe that's where they're going with Austin Theory. And
0: even uh, thinking about the storyline of the briefcase, I think one of the ones that were were strongest to me that connected with me the most, it didn't go anywhere, but uh, Mr. Kennedy, when he won the the briefcase, and he said, you know what, this is not just my ticket to the championship, this is going to be my ticket to my WrestleMania moment. I'm going to use this briefcase, and I'm cashing in at WrestleMania. Like, I'm using this. Yeah, but yeah, I'm using this to put myself in the main event. Win or lose, I'm in the main event. True, because of this briefcase. So I didn't just win a title shot. You know, I want I want this briefcase to mean something more. And they have the opportunity. They just haven't
1: used it. That's a good point. A very good point. Again, that's why you're here, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. Moving on to AEW, John Alba at John Alba. The MJF-William Regal segment from Dynamite hit every note that you want in storytelling. Character motivations are clear. There's reasonable conflict. Both characters believe they are right and makes you want to see what's next. Tremendous. Great promo for both men. Question is, Tremendous. who was the biggest winner in this promo, MJF or William Regal?
0: Michael J. Putty, I have been. I feel like I've been taking the spotlight answering first. Why don't you answer
1: this one first, brother? Does that- who do
0: you think came out on top
1: on mean, this promo. Does that mean you don't, know the, you don't have an answer yet? No problem.
0: I'm just trying to buy myself <laughs> more time to think it through.
1: <laughs> I know you so well. I thought the way MJF handled this promo was freaking fantastic. He won the crowd over. He, MJ, they do this MJF. This real heartfelt, emotional kind of face promo that gets the crowd behind him. The crowd was behind him so much to the point where they were booing William Regal. What a turn that was. It was amazing to watch.
0: In Cincinnati.
1: Yeah. William
0: Regal. Where, like, people were booing MJF so much the last time they were there. And it's in a town where the champion, where William Regal is, is, like, the manager to their champion.
1: Yeah, exactly. Moxley. You know? Yeah. William Regal grabs the microphone. They're booing him. He can't get a word out because they're booing him because MJF won that crowd over with his heartfelt, passion promo. For a few minutes until... William Regal won that crowd over with his promo. It was just the way William Regal just volleyed that shit back to MJF was (laughs) mastery on the microphone. I'd not seen it in a long time. I want to say William Regal came out here better here because the way he just flipped that crowd back to where they were supposed to be. I I was like, how do you come back from that? MJF just schooled you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. William Regal. MJP, MJP, MJP. I think we're going to have to disagree on this one. It's going Uh, so well, the show. let, Let me walk you through this, first of all. I watched this, and it was the first time since Stone Cold Steve Austin that I was hanging on every word that a wrestler was speaking in a promo. MJF captivated this crowd. Everybody was listening to every word, Feeling every word, reacting to every single word that MJF was saying. So much so that a lot of them, you could see them in the crowd, like they were cheering at first, they were standing up, but some of them sat down to listen more intently. I was concerned for William Regal. Okay. When MJF was speaking and telling this story, if you look back, the facial expressions of William Regal worried Mm. because many times I felt like he was caught by surprise Mm. because I did not know if there was anything to combat what MJF was saying. It was real. Uh, One of the things that wrestling fans love, it's one of the things that we'll talk about over and over again. We love stories. We love storytelling, long-term storytelling. And I think one of the secrets to MJF's success is that he's real, 100% real. He draws from the reality of his life and he turns that up to 110, Mm -hmm. um, which is one of the strategies a lot of people have shared with as far as veterans who give advice to to the young and -and up-and-coming stars. And he has, every time when it comes to him on the mic, we talk about Ali being able to get on base, MJF is one of those people who hits it out of the park every single time. The last promo that connected, the F-bomb, you know, when mm. he dropped the F-bomb uh, on Dynamite and it wanted a release of his contract. Just the way he captivated the camera and the people through that screen was so intense. His work with Jericho, You know, back when they were building their stories, you know, it's like, you know, we're friends, we're friends, and then we're enemies. And, you know, it it made you believe, like, hey, maybe they are, like, really friends, even though you were waiting for the turn to happen. MJF is long-term storytelling, but he is not long-term storytelling in a program building to a match. He's long-term storytelling in himself, in his character. He's adding layers To his character with every individual that he gets into the ring with and this past tuesday night it was with william regal the last person uh mjp who had long-term storytelling the legendary undertaker Mm. that's someone who built into his the long-term storytelling into his character you know The relationship between him and Paul Bear, the relationship then with him and his brother Kane, the relationship of all of them together, the fire in the house, you know, Mm -hmm. like then leading into the all-American, you know, motorcycle badass, uh, badass, the uh, American badass, you know, going back to The Undertaker. uh, it, 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 it It was not since, and these are huge compliments that I'm comparing to MJF with, but it has not been since The Undertaker that I have seen someone invest so much in their character work. Really? And it has not been since Stone Cold Steve Austin in the Attitude Era that I have ever seen someone captivate a crowd as well as MJF has. This guy, as he always does on the mic, knocked it out of the park. Granted, William Regal came back, started a little bit at first, did, I felt did not know how to come back, but he at least went to play. With MJF. Very similar to when Yuta had that promo with him on the stage a few weeks ago. I think people at this point... MJF is on a whole nother level when it comes to him on the mic. That if you could just hang on with him verbally, you're more than fine. Okay? But do not be embarrassed if you can't step up to the plate
1: with MJF. I fucking loved it. MJF won. But you mentioned the F-bomb promo. And I feel like... The crowd was behind him there. A couple months prior, he had, he had that big promo, the real first passionate promo, where he said he was uh, talking about him in high school, being an ADH riddled Jew boy. The mm-hmm. crowd got behind him then. The crowd wants to love MJF, but he's been on record saying he doesn't want to turn face. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of the reverse John Cena here, where the crowd wanted him to be heel, but John Cena said no. Well, not him, but he said, we don't want to turn you heel. Will we ever see a day where MJF is actually face? He is going
0: to be a face, and Jericho said it at uh, uh, I believe one of the press conferences where he said he was a big supporter of MJF. He loves his work and stuff. That was a scrum, And yeah. he, he told he told them he's like, you know, you're going to be one of the biggest baby faces in this business
1: right. uh, because him first saying the that.
0: crowd is going to hate you, but then they're going to hate you so much that they love you. Yep, that's what
1: happened with Becky Lynch. Remember that she was a heel, and that but everyone loved the man. Yeah, and you
0: notice you notice that little piece of him being a baby face in this past week's promo. Yeah, Uh, when you see him leaving the ramp, and this is the things that are going to make him very unique as a face, and it's going to make people who normally may not like him like him, and people who already are liking him like him even more. True, but even as a heel. He was going up the ramp and the crowd was behind him, but he was pointing at himself like, I'm going to do this. Like, this mm-hmm. is going to be my time, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of getting the 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 fan base to get behind him and say, yeah, like, let's do this. Like, I've been part of this journey with you. Like, I've been with you since the very beginning. Let's go and do this. And at the end of the show, one of the biggest base things to do is says for the first time ever in my life, I'm going to earn this. I'm cashing this chip in at, in Newark, New Jersey at, at a full gear. Mm -hmm. So the stage is set MJF. I mean, he is a, a tri-state guy. He's a Northeast guy. Like the, the, the stage is set. If MJF with the momentum he has does not win the AEW championship in Newark, New Jersey, expect
1: a riot. Absolutely. Put that on a sign. <laughs> remember, a couple years ago, we went down for border Beatdown, down. And I remember you just antagonizing him, and him like feeding into your bullshit. It was now here we are. It's one of the main stages of uh, global TV is great. Good for him, man. He deserves it.
0: You, uh, he made you believe from the very beginning. From whenever you met MJF, if you met him in the independent scene, if you met him in AEW, anytime, I would say a fan base interacted with MJF, he will made you. He made you believe he was. St- on a different level still to this day i say i'm pretty sure i share this on the podcast by now but there was a gcw show um where i took a glimpse backstage of mjf preparing for his promo in the ring and the way he was so focused behind the scenes you know just pumping himself up he was all alone in his thoughts and it was just like wow I've never seen someone so focused at this level. Like, this is something special. Like, I'm definitely seeing something I probably shouldn't have been seeing and probably shouldn't be talking about right now, that behind-the-scenes stuff. But it is in respect to how much he respects his craft professional wrestling because he cares so much about it like he was going over every single word making sure his inflections were correct making sure his moveset was correct he looks great he's i believe he looks better than he's ever looked in his whole life he looks so good right now
1: And like i like how people call them out for breaking character on twitter prayers for hangman and then like oh man's fine forget it forget, forget i tweeted this uh bringing us to what happened with on dynamite with hangman page real quick a couple of weeks ago, I uh, was we watching the Dolphins-Bills game, and Tua took a big hit. He got up, barely, stumbled a little bit, lot, very, very wobbly, and eventually collapsed in a teammate's arms. Went back. I'm like, this guy's done for this game. He came back somehow. He just had a back problems, air quotes. The following four days later, he's playing on Thursday night, took a big hard hit, body seized up. For those of you who watch football, know his hands like seized up. His body seized up. He was motionless. They bring out the... The, uh, the coach, they bring out the, the trainers, which leads to doctors, which leads to the other team's doctors, which leads to more doctors, to the point where this man, is, this guy, is, this kid is surrounded by a scrum of medical professionals, including EMTs. They put him on a stretcher, they stretcher him out to bring him to the hospital. Watching this live, to someone I am a big, huge fan of, very scary. So when I heard what happened to Hangman Page, I knew how everybody was feeling. I just watched it a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. This is their first big, huge in-ring injury for AEW, to my knowledge. They handled it the right way. Kept the camera on the announcers. Kept the camera on uh, John Moxley. They didn't show what was going on. They just they told you what was going on. They didn't show what was going on. But they handled mm-hmm. the situation very, very well, and uh, very, very happy to hear that he's going to be okay. Very, very scary incident though. Yeah, it it was
0: tough to hear what was going on yeah. because at the same time, like I you know, the great thing about DVR and watching things recorded and catching up on it is then you could be like, let me rewind. Like, yeah. cause you see the move happen and then there's a pause and then it, it's all the commentating stuff. It looks like something serious is going on. Um, something's wrong with Adam page. I'm like, what the heck happened? Like I just, it was a nasty lariat. Yeah. Like, but it didn't look something like I've cringed that more nastier things that I've seen in the ring happen. And this one didn't make me cringe. It was just like, Ooh, that was tough. You know? It
1: cringed because uh, it was a nasty lariat, but it was the way he landed head first. He landed right yeah. on his head. It was like, Oh no, something's here.
0: I was listening to um Busted Open Radio and Mickey James was talking about the injury and he was she was saying, you know, this could also have you know, with concussions, it's necessarily not may not have been the moment that the concussion also happened. Like with concussions, something True. could have happened earlier in the match, but he kind of shook it off. But this was the breaking point of that. Very similar to your story with the football player. It was like, yeah. you know, he could have, that seizure moment, it, it stemmed from somewhere before. You know, it didn't just happen True. Maybe. at
1: that moment. Good point.
0: So um, he could have been concussed. Early on in the match, and kind of been working through it, and then just finally, lights went out. So, uh, but I am very happy that uh, it seems like he'll be okay. Um, It was it's hard because the guy has a family, has a kid at home. Definitely commentary. Yeah, it's it just someone who has a child and a wife. It's just that connection. It's just like I'm afraid for like if his family was watching like holy Imagine shit that. like how does that feel you know your your son is watching it's like is daddy okay you mm-hmm. know um so it was the end of the night um it wasn't like they could just go to commercial <laughs> like they yeah. i think at this point they've exhausted all the commercials so uh like to to your point kudos to the announce team for mm-hmm. trying to get things going and so- then uh you know, it ended with I think the way it was supposed to end that evening. It was Moxley going over and and MJF coming down the ramp uh, and
1: talking about him catching his trip at, at full gear. So that, that's what's uh, crazy about was that the ending or was that like next week's show? They just fast forwarded it. But either way, what they, what they did was great. Props to them. Yeah, uh, it's
0: crazy for whoever is. Well, I guess it must be Tony Khan backstage. So you see something yeah. like this happening, but then you're also so focused on the production mm-hmm. of like, hey, I'm live on TV. I still have 10 freaking minutes to put out there. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? Yeah. You know, like, and I'm sorry, like, like, you got to be quick thinking in those moments. That is a great job. Because 10 minutes it. may not seem long. Like, it could literally take medics 10 full minutes to get that ring cleared out and get him out of there.
1: Ten minutes, but is not, yet, 10 minutes is not long. 10 minutes on TV, and yes. eternity. So yes. So great. They handled it really well. Really quick, we need to move on real quick because we're way over. But I know you're a big PCO fan. See like Honor No More has broken off on impact. Christopher mm-hmm. at Christo, excuse me here, 797
0: Is that his phone number?
1: Uh, I got that. Sucks. Christo 797-44615 was taken. Um. <laughs> PCO destroys honor no more. Wondering if they're going to split up the entire group, or just PCO against them? PCO needs a title run. PCO is a beast. He should return to Ring of Honor when it's relaunched. I and mean, you're a big PCO guy. Do you think PCO has one more title run in him? Do you think he should be the he could be the face of uh, Ring of Honor when he comes back?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm surprised that PCO has not uh, since. The purchasing of of Ring of Honor, he hasn't been one of the faces of Ring of Honor on AEW. The dude is a beast at his age to be doing what he's doing yeah. at the level that he's doing. Building this character, this machine, this you know, this evil scientist gimmick thing. Um, like he's a monster, and he's working smart through this gimmick. Also, you know, what P.C.O. Um, stands for Pierre um, Pierre C. His initials, Let. right? Right, yeah, it's his initials. That's yeah. what I thought
1: until Tom Hannigan called out Perfect Creation One. <laughs>
0: what
1: <laughs> mind blown emoji? oh my great, this is amazing! No. no, no, amazing.
0: He is incorrect, but if he wants to build himself at that, go for
1: it. <laughs> Moving on to SmackDown, real quick. Zach at oh my god, these names, Z and <laughs> Aguila 1995. Y'all only live once has officially snapped, and the Live Squad couldn't be more excited. Her unhinged side is going to be incredible. Question, yeah, we saw it tonight. My worry about she was a didn't do much as champion, easily got beat by Ronda Rousey. No one took her seriously. But this could this new unhinged character help reinvigorate her stalled career? The story that has gone on behind the scenes to get to this point,
0: if this was the original intent, is amazing. Yeah, if If it's the original intent and even even if it wasn't actually the original intent, even let's say if it was a mess up that sparked something in someone's creative mind and said, why were you smiling during this move on an Extreme Rules match? Mm, True. But now that's what everybody's talking about social media. Let's use that and flip it. You know, now you are this person who loves pain and totally goes right into this storyline coming off of Extreme Rules. You were saying very passionately how Liv Morgan had to leave that show as champion. Her losing, gaining this storyline, is way better for her and her character and the future of the Liv Morgan brand than her being champion. You just said she didn't do much as champion. So why let her leave as champion to do less for longer Let's take that away from her and let's focus on rebuilding and putting more layers into the Liv Morgan brand.
1: You know, man, I'm watching you face to face. We've known each other for over 20 years now. I can admit when I'm wrong. I was wrong. This this is definitely better wow. than her and being Mark champion. Mark Schwann
0: is not here.
1: He's like, what? That differentiation. He mean Mark Schwann. Mark Schwann can never admit when he's wrong. I thought you Liv know, Morgan what, what? needed to be prove herself as champion. She didn't. Now she has this fucking character. Actually, now I'm excited for Liv Morgan for the first time in a long time. There you go. Which you know, this is a, a
0: quality of a gentleman, uh, of someone with that people would admire when someone could admit that they're wrong.
1: Thank you. you know? uh, I admire you, sir. I admire you. I admire you even more. You know, thank you. Anyway, we need to move on. Thank you for being here. Thank you for filling in the shoes of Mark Schwan, who's not here. Again, you went above and beyond anything you could have ever done. Great insight. Great respect shown to the show and me. Something that's been missing for a couple couple years. And uh, thanks for being here, Boos.
0: Thanks, Boos. I, I, it's always fun when we get back together. And tonight, it's been a while since you and I have connected and talked about our passion of professional wrestling. Right. It was a good week in wrestling like it's yeah. been these last couple of few weeks. So, you know, it's literally how the show got started. That's right. You know, th- it's just you and me getting into casual conversation and always finds its way to talk about always. wrestling. So... It literally has been the foundation of what this show is. It's from the fans, you and I, to the fans. So I hope everybody else enjoyed our conversation. Uh, If you want to listen to more, go back into the archives. We've done some great interviews, many of which the people who have done the interview are doing some great things out in the professional wrestling world. Mm -hmm. Excited to see our boy Joe Gacy at Halloween Havoc this weekend. I, I feel like the brand of NXT is They got a big show coming up this weekend. Uh, This is what is this going to be their first pay-per-view in the new era?
1: First live premium live event in the new era. That's correct. Yeah. Shawn Michaels has equated Halloween Havoc could be NXT SummerSlam. Ooh. Of course, you have Stand and Deliver at WrestleMania. That's the biggest show of the year. Mm -hmm. But the last two years, I think maybe before the pandemic, but definitely the last two years, they've been building this as a huge, huge show. Yeah, And now that it's standalone by itself on a Saturday, premium live event, Saturday night, not a Tuesday on USA, that'd be cool, man.
0: Shout out to the godfather of all wrestling podcasts, Mr. Dave LaGreca, who will be joining their uh, pregame show. Um, So it's nice to see people who've made an influence in something that we're trying to make an influence in the podcast world Uh, to be featured in in, in that light. It's pretty amazing. Next year, I say Michael J. Putty. Should join the pre-show. Yeah, imagine. How about that? How about that?
1: You always talk about like podcasts being like family, and you're all inclusive about other podcasts ever since day one, right? Remember that? Oh, well, yeah. they have a podcast. Let's bring him in. Well, I will be remiss if we don't give a huge shout out to our boy Rob Williams, for, absolutely for being yes. an official to contributor to our Russell Inc. First yes. first article up on the show. So, uh, congratulations to him. I
0: love the respect that people have on the craft of creating a podcast it is not easy it does take a lot of work um it does take a lot of hustle it takes uh, and people who put a lot of respect in the work that they've been doing like the bob culture podcast the Jobber tears podcast are definitely changing the way that podcasts are just viewed at this level um you know us being contributors to wrestling events and being sponsors and you know, supporting the professional wrestling scenes in our neighborhoods are something that, you know, from the very beginning is is very important to us. Um, So it's great to see that, you know, all the hard work that people like Robert Williams been doing, it's paying off. He's been doing some great things. This has been a great year for the Bob Culture Podcast. So shout out to them and congratulations, my man.
1: Uh, Well-deserved. Well-deserved. And congratulations to our boy, Rick Recon. I saw a man behind the commentators on Impact this past week. I'm like, is that, is that Rick Recon? That's Mark Schwann. He didn't know. He, he doubts it. I'm like, no fucking help. So I reached out to the man himself. He goes, it was me. Yeah. The, the one bound for glory I missed. He was on it. Doing some spots and doing some security work. And some. I'm like, damn. And now, well, uh, maybe? This, won't be the last we see of Rick Recon and Impact Wrestling. I think he'd be a great fit. That X Division has his that name written all over thing, it. Yes. So... Twenty twenty three.
0: Shout out, shout out to our boy Joey Ace. Oh yeah, uh, I'm right. <laughs> the man who was featured very heavily on Monday Night Raw, the about DX last week, edition. But yeah. Holy moly, I, I popped huge for when I saw that. I, every he's been doing a lot this past year. I, I text him every morning I'm like, I just love seeing you on my
1: TV. It's <laughs> just something special. Um Isn't so, cool you, you uh, texted somebody on raw. That's great. That's cool. <laughs>
0: I think it's cool that, they, that he used his real name on yeah. TV. what that well, he, that he was didn't. Like, was that supposed to happen? He
1: didn't. <laughs> it was the Chiron that did, yeah. Yeah. Let's wrap things up. Green Man, where, where can people find you on social medias?
0: Well, you know, I, I, I'm doing a little bit of soul searching, a lot of growing up. Um, so I'm not as active on the social medias. If you want to talk to me, come and find me. Ah, oh, shit. So uh, that's something that Mark Schwann would not like. I'm horrible at promoting myself, apparently. That's what I've heard. So, yeah. Uh, you If you don't know, you don't know.
1: Well said. Fuck them kids.
0: <laughs> Michael J. Putty, where could we find you on social media?
1: At Michael J. Putty. My DMs are open, ladies. Valentine's Day is coming up. It is cuffing season. Let me know what's going on.
0: <laughs> You're going to be at the uh, BCW... Uh, grand wizard tournament coming up
1: please come on But respect on the name of bcw breed combination wrestling grand dragon tournament at the dragon there we go my bad bridgefield park new jersey sunday october 30th 3 p.m bell time in the afternoon which is great definitely don't want to miss it definitely check it out a lot of
0: great people on this tournament by the way
1: history will be made the first ever grand dragon champion will be crowned Tickets are still available. Not sure I mean, how much. They're going pretty quickly. So definitely want to get on that while you still can.
0: One of the things that I, I will have to share with you, if you're thinking about going to any independent show, obviously go support your local pro wrestling, but there is nothing like being ringside to these things. No, absolutely. You go and you're spending, what, thousands of dollars to be ringside at Raw or to be ringside at a WrestleMania. You, you could do ringside for... Under a hundred bucks, I would say, at any independent yep. wrestling show, to f- be front row, to hear, feel every bump that these people are taking in the ring, to be so close to that smug bastard Darius Carter—there's nothing better in the world. Uh, so, and hey,
1: maybe somebody can blow you a kiss from the ring.
0: <laughs> so put those coins together and get yourself front row seats at BCW's. Grand
1: Dragon Tournament.
0: I wish I could be there.
1: We won't be here next week because we'll be there covering the show live in person. So make sure you stay tuned to our next episode to recap everything that was BCW's Grand Dragon Tournament. Who walked out? The champion was it Darius Carter, like he predicted last week's show? That's a
0: great question, Michael J. Putty. Let a friendly bet, a a dollar wager. Mm -hmm. Who's who? Do you pick
1: Darius Carter? Hands down. That that bet was made for really. Yeah. No. else Who else? Nobody holds a candle to all father Darius Carter. Mm -hmm. there's a tweet that I saw if you could start your own wrestling promotion and everybody on any show was available who would you start the show with I'm like anybody anywhere Darius Carter okay I'll
0: put my my dollar wager on Mr. Anthony Gangone I think with Prince Nana on his corner the embassy this past year has been very impressive and Anthony Gangone would be a a great inaugural
1: champ I forgot he was in that too yeah damn damn maybe oh well
0: that, that, that's our bet we'll, we're gonna have to see we'll until see what next happens next time back here on a Shadow wrestling
1: so for the agreement, I have been your host at Munk J Party until next time party out hey baby I hear the bell ring in hip tosses and body slams oh my and maybe you seem a bit confused yeah baby but I got you pinned ha 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 but I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case are cashing it in authority all in my face what is a man to do good night everybody